Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. It is Thursday, January 13th, and um, cold weather envelops the nation, most of it. Fred Jackson, we brought you down from Canada just for days like this. Just for days like this. Before we go any further, yes, little personal note, I want to say happy birthday to my oldest daughter today. Oh, good for you. Well, yes. yes. Do you want to give her first name or? Uh, it's Val. Val? Yes. And she's deep in 30s, oh. <laughs> which, makes me, which makes me feel very old. Deep, deep, deep in, the, in 30s. the 30s. I'm sure she appreciates that. As she, uh, <laughs> deep in her 30s. Uh, I have a daughter. My daughter's, who's my oldest, she's 38. Yeah. So that's, that's deep. To match it with your weather uh, we're talking about, she was born this date in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick. Oh, okay. And it was well, well below freezing. You th- think of New Brunswick, middle of January. Man, oh, man. In fact, <clears throat> my wife's from Mississippi. Yes. So her mom came up, and uh, she, her mom's from Louisiana originally. Oh. And she arrives on the plane into Moncton, New Brunswick, and uh we didn't have a jetway at the little airport. Oh, my goodness. She had to walk in from the plane across yeah. the tarmac. <laughs> that poor woman. It's so cold. <laughs> it's cold, y'all. I don't think she took off her coat the whole time she was. Even in the house. She was freezing that whole time. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. You know, uh, on those kind of, uh, kind of deals where you get off, you deplane, and you have to, there's no jetway or walkway or whatever and you got to walk you can get away with it most of the united states just having something like because all you have to do is get into the mm. airport but in, when it's cold like that uh-huh. oh man no Ugh. that's that's brutal mm-hmm. uh so anyway hey good happy birthday to val yep uh also joined uh, in, uh not in studio in kansas city the Chuck Norris of Bible teaching, <laughs> Dr. Ray Pritchard. Hey, listen, I am uh, I am deep in my 60s. In fact, I'm about to be shallow in my 70s in a few months. So. Oh, are you turning 70 soon? Now, in, in, in September. Don't yeah. rush it. Oh, don't rush it. Don't <laughs> rush it. Don't rush it. You know, hey, it's coming. It's coming, oh, yeah. Fred, whether I do anything or not. You That's know? right. That's right. Well, hey, uh, welcome aboard, Ray. And we also have in studio Chris Woodward, news reporter for American Family News. Good morning to you. Good morning. I, too, am also deep in my 30s, but <laughs> I'm holding. <laughs> yeah. Youngsters. All Youngsters, right. Yeah. And um, Brent Creeley now is our producer. How old are you, Brent? So let's get you on board. I'm in my mid-30s. mid th- Mid thirties, just all right. Just, he's he's young enough to where that makes a difference. I have enough gray hair though; like I look like I'm your dad. So <laughs> enjoy it. All right, for all you folks who are listening to American Family Radio in this show and are going, we don't care about how old you guys are. We're going to get to the news, Chris. What's uh, what's happening? Well, I do want to bring this up because a lot of people thought it was going to come this morning. Uh, not just me. Uh, the Supreme Court 
was scheduled to issue opinions on uh, one or more cases they've heard in this calendar term, the calendar that began back in October of 2021. Uh, the big case or big decision on the vaccine mandates for healthcare workers and private sector workers, that did not come down yet. Uh, many people are saying it's past time, really, because that uh, OSHA mandate for private sector workers was supposed to go into effect a few days ago on Monday. So still no word yet on the uh, Supreme Court or from the Supreme Court on that case. But a lot of people are speculating that we may get a split ruling. They may come down uh, in favor of the uh, mandate for healthcare workers, uh, but frown on the mandate for private sector workers. We don't know yet. They still haven't said. So I do want to mention that because um, I had people tell me, hey, the ruling is actually going to come out tomorrow. And I feel bad because I shared that information with some people just to kind of get us all uh let us all get prepared and um i i don't have anything to share for you like i thought i might at the start of the show uh but i I wanted to mention that the other big story right now is uh joe biden he um is going to be meeting today with democratic senators in a bid to push uh this voting rights bill that we talked at length about yesterday on the program uh democrats need every democrat to vote in favor of this um if so the vote you don't want the voting the voting bill. rights bill and this is the one that would basically federalize elections to the point that state and municipal elections would have to follow what uncle sam says uh in terms of doing an election now this has caused a lot of republicans to weigh in on on uh on the idea this bill uh, a lot of them have already started talking about the bill and specifically what president biden had to say about the bill and the filibuster getting rid of it and stuff like that in his appearance uh this week in georgia Let's begin with this, because I think it will kind of start off the segment. I've got some audio here. This is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor yesterday responding to Biden's speech about the bill and the filibuster in Georgia. Clip eight. Twelve months ago, the president called on Americans to join forces, stop the shouting, lower the temperature. But yesterday, he shouted that if you disagree with him, you're George Wallace. If you don't pass the laws he wants, you're Bull Connor. And if you oppose giving Democrats untrammeled one-party control of the country, well, you're Jefferson Davis. Twelve months ago, this president said disagreement must not lead to disunion. Ah, but yesterday he invoked the bloody disunion of the Civil War, the Civil War, to demonize Americans who disagree with him. He compared, listen to this, a bipartisan majority of senators to literal traitors. How profoundly unprecedented. Look, I've known, liked, and personally respected Joe Biden for many years. I did not recognize the man at the podium yesterday. Well, Ray, uh, Biden, President Biden's speech did get some criticism. Uh, it was lighter than what we just heard from Mitch McConnell, uh, even from people on the left, like Al Sharpton and others. I won't tell you what Al Sharpton said, but uh, he he likened it to a uh, you know uh, a, a preacher uh, preaching fire and brimstone kind of thing. Uh, but I will say this: I, I agree with Mitch McConnell uh, about uh, certainly about the first part because I've never known Joe Biden personally as he has. Um, you've been a pastor before; it, it is very difficult at times even to keep. Christians unified. But when you have a president who campaigned against then-President Donald Trump saying he was divisive, when you have that president who 
prevailed, uh, Joe Biden, now stoking the flames, as Mitch McConnell talked about in this speech. I don't, there's no there's no hope under this president of getting our nation unified if he continues with this kind of rhetoric. Look, he never meant it when he said it a year ago, but I, I will give him this much of a pass. Uh, presidents who talk about unifying the country usually don't totally mean it anyway. What they usually mean is let's all get unified under my own policies, right? right. So we understand that. We, we we took it with a grain of salt last year, but that that was a— that was a mean-spirited kind of speech that the president gave that was almost written to, to widen the divide. The only explanation I can give Ed is that he can read the polls. I mean, his numbers have dropped so low, mm-hmm. right? The Democrats know the Biden administration is a total catastrophe. They are looking at a bloodbath coming up this November. Their only hope is to get this voting rights bill passed to guarantee structural changes so that illegals can vote and uh, uh, those who are not allowed to vote so they can change the change American voting patterns so they can stay in power. So I think this speech is a sign not of great leadership. It's a sign of unbelievable desperation, and it has backfired. Even the Democrats are criticizing the president for the speech. It's a, wow, it's a total catastrophe. Well, Fred, Ray makes a number of excellent points here. It, it is a sign of desperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it is also a sign that the president increasingly understands which side his bread is buttered on because he is clearly losing independence. And to kind of echo what uh, Ray has said, he he may simply be coming to the understanding that the far left is the only one, the only group he's got left in his basket that's solidly in behind him. Also, the black community, and of course there are some radicals in the black community, but uh, just in terms of the AOC wing of the Democratic Party and the black community, and that speech seemed targeted to those two groups. He's got to get people to the polls who are going to always vote for the Democratic candidate, what better way to do that than to throw red meat to the radicals and then sow fear in the black community? When you start talking about Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis and the Civil War and slavery, I mean, that is Looney Tunes in terms of it being a logical argument, but it does stoke fear. But let's step back for a moment You've got a midterm election coming up in November. So we're, what, nine months away, roughly. Who is advising Joe Biden to go to make a speech like that? Look what he's getting uh, in the way of reaction to this. He was race baiting. Right. So um, you mentioned the polls. The independents, which basically decide who wins the election in this country, only 25% of the independents uh, in the last poll support Joe Biden. He didn't improve those numbers with that speech. Right. So this wasn't a winning speech. You know, looking at it, when I was listening to it, uh, the speech live the other day there at Georgia, the uh, Davis College, I think it was, in Atlanta. He was on the campus of that college. And I thought, 
do you, number one, uh, it's already been addressed. He's not going to bring the country together with that speech. That that's not going to happen. So if you're if you're thinking that this is going to help you win an election, you're not doing that. So what is the point of all of this? I really couldn't understand. What was the point of that? You could still get out there and say, you know, we need election reform, et cetera, et cetera. But to paint the picture that anybody who votes against this particular bill is a racist? Uh, I mean, it was really interesting. We have some audio here from uh, Senator Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina. And I think he was on with Fox and Friends this morning. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. He was. Uh, listen to what he had to say. This uh, Senator Scott is one of those. It's a familiar story. It's like uh, it's like Ben Carson, others uh, who are you know came up. They didn't come up with a silver spoon in in, in their in, you know as far as being coming from a wealthy family. But he said this offends him. The Biden speech offends him. It has an African-American. It offends him. Cut number three. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds. But I walked other grounds. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. Anyway. The fact that we have a president of these United States looking for a way to get laughs at a rally around lying to people about voting is just hard to digest. But as a Southerner, I'm offended. I'm insulted that he refuses to recognize the tremendous progress made by Americans and instead use something that has been proven to be untrue time and time again, his being arrested. It's just offensive. Yeah, and that was the other part of it. He didn't tell the truth on several occasions right. during that speech, and he's now being called on that. So I just don't understand his handlers who told him, this is the speech you need to give there. Who was it, Dick Durbin, Senator Dick yeah, Durbin? Yeah, Dick Durbin was... What did he say, that was a little bit over the top? Yes. I mean, this, and now he's going to go up apparently to Capitol Hill today mm-hmm. to talk to Democrats... Uh, and and try to you know get Joe Manchin or uh, Chris Cinema Cinema on, on his side. They've already said they're not going to do that. You you will notice that uh, you know no bipartisan support here. Right. That's, <laughs> let's remember that there's there's no bipartisan support for what Joe uh, Joe Biden wants in this. Uh, there's bipartisan support to reject what he wants. This is another losing battle for this president, and he's put himself. As the loser in this, well, I, I, here's here's the thing, and then Ray will uh, come to you and 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 see if you want to add anything to the discussion. I just pulled up the uh, the, the voting percentages for the 2020 election. So, 71 percent of white voters cast ballots. This is from the Brennan Center. 71 uh, percent of white voters cast ballots, compared with only 58 percent of non-white voters. Okay, so. Ray, let me ask you, do you think, because I'm with Fred, I'm not sure where the Biden administration thinks the winning hand is here, but is it is it at least possible that they think, because they're losing independence, what we've got to do is we've got to increase that percentage of non-white voters in the country in order to make up the gap for those independents. Who, who knows what's going on in the Biden administration, uh, but... 
I, I don't have another explanation for what happened in that speech. It is hard to know clearly where they think the win is in all this. If you look at that Quinnipiac poll that came out, I guess, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? His, his approval rating is now down to 33%. And Quinnipiac, whatever else you can say, they're no conservative pollsters, right? I, I noted on there that from that poll, 32% of all white voters surveyed, uh, only he only has approval from 32% of white voters, but Hispanic voters, only 28%. He is tanking in every conceivable category, Ed. So this is, this is a desperation move that has no conceivable benefit at all. He, I don't think Cinema or Manchin are going to change their votes, right? I think the voting rights deal is dead. Mm-hmm. So I think the president has boxed himself in on a dead-end street. There's no, get, there's no good way out of here. Well, I, I can't imagine that whoever he sends to the offices of uh, Manchin and Cinema are going to come up with arguments that those senators have not heard. Yes. So they, they, they're not stupid people. They know all the arguments, and they've made up their minds about what they're going to do, what they believe about the filibuster, what they believe about this bill. And I don't see – but but Biden's got to do something. Mm-hmm. Chris, uh, you, you normally just toss out the, uh, the, the news. <laughs> what, what do you think here? Well, I, I, it's, it almost seems like it's one of those situations where we've got to do something to get people to talk about us. But the, the thing with the poll numbers is interesting – because we were told he got 80 million plus voters in the 2020 election. And for his polling numbers to be this bad, if he indeed got 80 million voters, as we were told, that would mean that people that voted for him are not happy with him being in office, which might explain the stories that we see on a frequent basis now that Hillary Clinton or somebody else is going to get trucked out there to try to primary him and Kamala come 2024. Well, that, that would be... That would be an unmitigated. I'm not, I'm not, I was going to say unmitigated disaster. Yeah. I'm not talking about the fact that it's Hillary, although it could be a disaster anyway, would be just because it's her and she's ver- still very unpopular. But for a first-term president mm-hmm. to yeah. get primaried is an admission that he's a failure, yeah. and his policies are a it failure. It happened with Carter. Yes. Well, that, and and yes, and it was. Uh, the Democrats lost the next three elections. Yeah, badly. Badly. And so, um, uh, Fred, I, I, I'm not sure where, if you're the Biden administration, I'm not sure where, where you go because all the news that we could talk about, the inflation the, uh, numbers, mm-hmm. uh, lower un, uh, unemployment numbers, all those things are not going to turn around before November. No, it goes back to the old James Carville thing. Yes. Back in the 90s, it's the economy, stupid. Mm-hmm. But the latest numbers this morning, uh, consumer Producer price index, yeah. 9.7%. Uh, and people are seeing it when they go shopping. That's for producers, uh, the producer numbers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the highest. Mm-hmm. We just came in off years. the inflation what? numbers, 7%. People are seeing, I went by. That nine, got, by the way, that 9% number, I think, is the highest ever. Yes. I think for... Uh, in, in a one-year period. Yeah. In and a the producer one- price yeah. index, is it's kind of wonky. Um, some people think, well, that doesn't apply to me. That's basically what it's costing the people who are selling you goods. That's what it's costing them to make it. Yeah, that but, ends up getting trickled down to you. Well, that's yeah. basic economy. Right. Yeah. If the producer's prices go up, it gets passed on to the consumer. Yeah. So the economy's in the tank. 
I'm not sure if we have the actuality of Biden just an hour ago. He goes out, does one of these news conferences. Do you know what he spends it on? Condemning the unvaccinated. Oh. This this man is like throwing vinegar in wounds. Yeah. Stop it. I, I mean, again, who is advising this man? People are upset with your speech in Georgia. You go out and you say it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Again. Well, Ray, if the Biden administration is um, having trouble, if Joe Biden, let's say that way, if Joe Biden's having trouble with his advisors, we know over the last several weeks, maybe even the last couple of months, Kamala Harris, the vice president, <laughs> is not going to be coming to the rescue. She's hemorrhaging uh, uh, advisors, her staff, uh, well, several it- of them. As, as, as hard as it is to believe, Kamala Harris's numbers are actually under Joe Biden's numbers. Right. So she's underwater deeper than he is. He's losing his advisors. She's losing hers. It's unbelievable to think, guys. And again, again got a ways to go. But can you imagine if Joe Biden got primaried in 2024? What a we! I mentioned the word bloodbath in coming up in this November. Can you imagine a, a Democrat? self-destruction festival in the primaries in 2024. So, Ed, just to wrap up my thoughts, if you just look across the horizon, try to find any good news for Joe Biden this morning. I can't see it anywhere. Uh, no, I agree. Chris? Um, this builds off of Fred's point about the producer price index. Yesterday, the head of a group called American Petroleum Institute gave an annual speech they called the State of American Energy. And one of the things that President and CEO Mike Summers talked about uh, was the need for more oil and gas. He said the state of American energy is good, but it could be better for oil and gas and consumers. Clip two. A pipeline bringing oil from Canada to the United States was quickly canceled, along with good paying union jobs. Other energy pipeline projects face long-term delays. Meanwhile, with inflation soaring to historic levels, we've seen proposals in Congress for a targeted tax increase on natural gas and even further restrictions on American energy development. These decisions exacerbate Americans' concerns and put upward pressure on their energy prices. That right there is, I mean, 100% true. People are paying higher prices for the gas. They're paying higher prices for the food because the gas getting the food to the store costs more. Heating oil, all yes. of that. And, and, and the good-paying union jobs, I'm pretty sure, was kind of a, a shot at uh, Joe Biden because one of the things Joe Biden has talked about ad nauseum since he took office was, quote, good-paying union jobs. Yeah, yeah but, but the windmills off of New England are going to help. You see the announcement the other day? No. They're going to start what? putting windmills out on the ocean and uh, in order to uh, uh, generate electricity. And they're going windmills to, on windmills. the ocean? Oh, oh yeah. Man. Lobster fishermen no. are really upset. Off, off of Massachusetts. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's, the, the bird, idea, that's, that's the plan. Windmills off the, off the coast. The bird oh. population is going to be decimated. Yes, oh, it no. already is. Yes. Goodbye right. to the seagulls. Listen, that was this thing here with the energy, with the pipeline, that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first thing right that Joe Biden did. Day one. Yeah. Yeah. Day, Day one. one. And right. also, who was this gentleman that was just speaking? It was Mike Summers of American Petroleum Institute. Okay, so... He's exactly right. If if you're driving up energy prices, okay, because we're paying OPEC more than we than the the, the oil we can get here, 
uh, then everything will be affected by that. Transportation costs, your uh, your bread and your Twinkies getting to the store, all that stuff is affected by energy costs, not to mention heating your home in what has been, at least in the new year, yeah. a pretty cold uh, winter. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we are going to take a uh, few minutes break uh, for some uh, other information that we're going to pass along to you when we come back. More of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. When an abortion-minded woman walks into a pre-born pregnancy center, she encounters love and compassion and gets to meet her baby by ultrasound. And I was like, I'm going to go to the abortion clinic. And I already had my mind made up. This mom didn't make it to the abortion clinic. Instead, God led her to a pre-born center. And the lady is giving me my ultrasound. She's like making these weird faces. And then she's like, it's two. And I'm like, I just start crying. I started texting my friends and like, I can't. The Ministry of Preborn was able to help this mom save not just one life, but two through ultrasounds. Preborn centers help save babies' lives and souls. Preborn runs and leads Christian pregnancy centers all over the country. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. California Governor Gavin Newsom shut down a prominent Christian church's preschool because children were not wearing face coverings. Hundreds of angry parents rallied outside Foothills Christian Church near San Diego. The preschool says they were just honoring the wishes of parents. They don't want their kids forced to wear a face mask. School leaders were also accused of failing to encourage two-year-olds to wear face coverings. The California Department of Social Services ordered the preschool closed. They also banned the preschool director from ever running a preschool. The pastor of Foothills Christian Church says he believes his congregation was targeted. He says state workers came in, interviewed kids without parental permission. He said they were antagonistic and aggressive. The church is also facing thousands of dollars in fines. And that, my friends, is what religious persecution looks like. I'm Todd Starnes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And folks, welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined by Fred Jackson, Ray Pritchard, and Chris Woodward. Well, folks, at 1045, we're going to have uh, Owen Strawn on from the Family Research Council to discuss the subject of woke, wokeness, and uh, critical race theory and its impact not only in the nation but the church. So you'll want to tune in for that. Also, in the next hour, 11.05, we'll have Dan Steiner from uh, Preborn. He's president of Preborn. We have uh, this week going on uh, a, a an effort to reach uh, and protect unborn children. You'll want to hear more about that. That's been going on all over the radio, uh, American Family Radio. If you've been listening uh, this week, you've probably heard quite a bit about that. All right, Fred, uh, why don't you set up this next clip? We were talking before the break about President Biden, his political trials and tribulations, and the fact that his approval ratings are plunging. Yeah. Um, and uh, but he and and so we were at, we were asking uh, in 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 relationship to this outlandish speech that he made, uh, what's going on with him? But there continues to be concern about his health and even his mental health and his ability to function as president. Why don't you set up this next uh, clip that we're going to listen to? What you're going to hear is some of what the president had to say about a half hour ago. He uh, held a news, I say it's a news conference. I don't think as often as the case, he didn't take any questions from reporters. But we've noted before that sometimes he slurs his speech. And we're not, we're not making fun of the president. Absolutely not. We are not making fun of the president. But it is concerning when you hear it, and it's the kind, what I heard this morning was the worst example of, that I've heard from Joe Biden in the last That's saying year, something. year and a half. I have not heard this that we're about no. to hear myself. In fact, if he was driving a car and had this extent of slurred speech, police officers would pull him over and get him out of the car. This, this was not good this morning as the president of the United States. So I, I watch, again, we're not making fun of the president, but it is concerning uh, given his, his powerful, uh, powerful position, the president of the United States. Let's have a listen. We remain in this pandemic. Uh, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. There are, you are 17 times more likely to get hospitalized. Before the, its vaccination requirements, the United States, uh, excuse me, United Airlines, uh, uh, was, uh, was averaging one employee dying a week from COVID-19. Now, I don't like to, uh, uh, you know, uh, outline the next steps we're taking against uh, I'd like to outline the next steps we're taking against over on the the Omicron variant. And you're, there, there, there are a lot, you know, lots of different kinds of masks out there. And the Center, for, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, says that wearing a well-fitting mask, I've talked, I've, I've, I've taught, I've, excuse me, I've tapped uh, Dr. Tom, Eng, I hope I pronounced it, Eng, 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 Engel, Engelsby, correct? 
Is that right, Jeff? Uh, and uh, just, thanks, just, thanks, just since Thanksgiving, a total of more than 120 military medical personnel to six hard-hit states, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Ohio, Rhode Island. And let me close with this. So that was in a space of about 25 minutes or so. And, yeah. and you don't have the advantage I had of looking at him. And he looked lost, like he didn't know where to go next. And he was reading. He had a script in front of him. It was on teleprompter? or A teleprompter. Yeah. Uh, yet he was struggling, and he was looking off camera to get the pronunciation and the name of this gentleman that he was talking about. I, I just, I, I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for you. You know, we get angry with Joe Biden with the speech the other day in Georgia, but I felt sorry for this man this morning. Uh, Ray, I, I'm glad that Fred said we are, we are not making fun uh, of uh, the president. This, but the concern that we have had all along. Now, this is these kinds of issues, Ray, I think are fair to bring up. At least the left did it for four years with Donald Trump, say, you know, making all kinds of criticisms about uh, his uh, personality, the way he operates and his weight and all those kinds of things. But this this is a different this is a different kind of thing. If if President Biden is in the if let's just I, 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 let me not go to some kind of diagnosis. If he has not got his full faculties, uh, he's got his finger on the nuclear button. If mm -hmm. China attacks Taiwan, if Russia attacks Ukraine, we've got someone at the head, the, at the you know the forefront of our nation and military forces who may not have full capabilities in making decisions. Well, Do you the, think this is unfair? I no. mean, it, I, I, I know you'll be. It, it, it might be unfair if we were the first people in the history of the world ever to make this observation. Right. But we are not. And this is not a Republican observation or a Democrat observation. This is, in fact, this is apart from partisan politics. Whatever else you could say about Barack Obama, and we disagreed with his policies. We never commented like this upon him right. or about Bill Clinton, whatever disagreements we had with his policies. We never commented this way because that wasn't really an issue. Our disagreements were in other areas. This is a concern that here's a man who occupies the most powerful position in the whole world. Uh, every time he speaks, his words are listened to. Uh, Foreign, foreign leaders like Vladimir Putin are measuring him and drawing conclusions about him yes. and the premier of China the same way. Mm -hmm. They hear this. They say, here is a man who does not sound like he is in full control of his own mental faculties, which I think opens the door for America. For, forget our reputation. That's one thing. But it opens the door for foreign actors with bad motives to take advantage of us. And that is a terrible, terrible terrifying thought and i think frankly the democrats hear the same thing and they are bothered about it but what can you do right all right all right i don't want to spend too much uh, more time on this because w next week it'll be another uh, example yeah. of this and we'll have to you know make this similar comments so uh all right chris uh 
You got a short story we I can do. talk about for the next five minutes? Yeah. Uh, one of the organizations I interview on a pretty regular basis is uh, Young America's Foundation. And I've got some audio here of Young America's Foundation spokeswoman Kara Zupkus. She told the Todd Storm Show yesterday that YAF, as it's called, they get a lot of calls from college students that are upset about mask mandates, particularly college students in foreign language courses. Clip seven. We hear from students every single day asking how they can push back against the vaccine mandates, against the mask mandates, especially students that are attending schools that, in addition to having the vaccine mandate in place, they still have to wear masks all day, every day as they're learning from their professors. And I think especially we hear a lot from students that are taking foreign language classes. A lot of times when you're learning a new language, you know, it's all about learning how to pronounce the word and be able to see your teacher's mouth and understand how to actually another language and that's just something that these students are not able to do because of these power-hungry administrators who refuse to follow the science now to add to this in a story that i have airing today keep your ears out for it uh listeners but um depaul university their student newspaper back in september did an article on this very issue the fact that foreign language students had an issue with mask mandates and lo and behold the associated press back in october maybe november did a story about how there was some new technology being deployed to schools in Starkville, Mississippi, not very far from here, the public school system there, uh, because students there were complaining they were not able to understand their teacher because everybody's wearing the mask. You know, Fred, this, um, uh, this uh, obviously, the pandemic has been extremely divisive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole time. It's been, it's, the country's been divided between how long do we shut down, do we have to wear masks, not have to wear masks, and the vaccines came, all, all those things that we're all tired of, very familiar with. Uh, but this is a real thing with the masks. Yeah. I, I know that uh, my wife and I go to a restaurant or whatever, and we have to order something. I'm constantly had Now, maybe that's just because I'm getting older, okay? These kind of things do happen. Uh, I was recent tested uh, last year for my hearing. My hearing was fine. So maybe it's degenerated over the course of one year, but I have trouble understanding people when they have a mask on and it's embarrassing to continue to say, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying because everything's muffled. This is, this is a real thing. I can't imagine learning uh, a foreign language where you do have to cue in on the instructor or the teacher's mouth to try to pick up Mm. what's being said. This would have to be very frustrating for in-person learning, well, it is, and uh, and I, I, I guess we're also we're we're two years into this now, and the contradictions when it comes to masks is incredible. Uh, watching college football <laughs> over yes, the last just, couple of months, yes, thousands. I mean, how much the stadium in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama? Oh, it's over a hundred thousand. Over a hundred thousand people in this stadium. And you'd be hard. A lot of them college students. College students, yes, probably from all over the world. Mm -hmm. You'd be hard pressed to find 10 people with masks on. Right. And that's okay with the university officials. Apparently, they didn't arrest them all. Right. They're all there. So I'm trying to hard to understand. These are kids that are hollering. I'm sure there's a little bit of spittle comes out when they scream and a lot of it. (laughs) And in the warmer season, they're sweating and all of that sort of thing. They're not wearing masks. They're they're hugging and high-fiving and all that kind of stuff. The virus 
doesn't have that kind of intelligence to say, I'm, hey, I'm not going to bother you during the football game. No ticket. You can't get in, <laughs> yeah. virus. So I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, there's, you know, I mentioned sports, hockey. Right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's bloody collisions on the ice and all that sort of thing. No masks. So what is it that all of a sudden in a classroom, and we've heard about the kids. I, I've watched some of the medical experts on Fox talking about kids in particular. And moms and dads are saying, I can't let my Johnny and my Jane wear a mask all day. That is right. not healthy. Yes. So there is this whole other side that's being ignored as far as possible health risks, but also the health. When you're breathing in, you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out carbon dioxide. So also, not only the things coming in that you may be blocking, but you're also blocking when you exhale this carbon dioxide. Breathing your own carbon dioxide over an eight-hour period is not healthy. Especially if, like me, you eat food with garlic. Yeah. Okay? You don't want to breathe that back. <laughs> then it gets dangerous. Yes, that's right. The levels, the garlic levels. Have you low. seen the gum ads or Mentos or something? It's like mask breath is a real thing. Use Mentos. <laughs> Like that's pretty good, you know. I, I think, uh, I, I think there is. Uh, this is part of the reason for pushback. Yeah. Because these kinds of things that you just highlighted, uh, Fred, don't make sense to ordinary people. No. People who aren't quote unquote scientists. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone's saying follow the science. Okay. Well, I have respect for science, but please tell me why I'm a college student. I can go to the football game, not wear a mask, all the things you just described, Fred. But then when I go to class, I have to wear a mask. I have to wear it all day long. Mm -hmm. Please explain to me how this makes any sense. And, of course, there is no explanation because it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Ray, uh, do you wear your mask inside at your house in Kansas City? <laughs> not, unless, not unless somebody forces me to. I never put on a mask uh, ever, unless, unless maybe I'm flying on an airplane, right? And I got to do it then. Yesterday, went to the post office here in uh, Shawnee and Shawnee, Kansas, and I noticed probably there were 14 or 15 people there. Most people were masked up. I understand that because my right. thought is if you're worried, you're concerned, you ought to wear a mask. Right. If you're not, you know, if you have a health issue, you, you ought to. But I went in unmasked. Uh, I felt like a couple of people were giving me the stare, but but who knows, right, Ed? So I'm in favor of freedom. Mask up if you want to. Just don't make the rest of it. They might have been mask. staring at you because you are the Chuck Norris of Bible, uh, right. Bible teaching. So that might have been part of it. Uh, who knows? I, I get stared at for a lot of reasons, I suppose. But, you know, look. Wear a mask if you want to, but leave the rest of us alone. Those of us who prefer to go unmasked, this is America. We ought to have some freedom. But I, I really feel sorry for these kids in the in the public schools, these especially these yes, young all ones. Day you, you know, oh, yeah. All day long, yeah. All day long. This it's unfair. It's uh, it's dangerous. I think to make children wear a mask all day long. All right, Chris. What else we got? Well, um, I tell you what. Sticking with the uh, the YAF uh, situation for just a moment, one of the other things that uh, Zupkus was talking about on the Todd Storm show. And by the way, I like that name. Kara Zupkus. Zupkus. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's no Vitagliano. 
well, but it's up there. It's true. But it's, it, it reminds me of Dick Butkus. Yeah. Remember the middle bit. linebacker for the Chicago, right, right. Chicago Bears? Zupkus. Is that her name? Zupkus. Zupkus. Yep. All right. Kara I like Zupkus. it. She is a graduate of George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and she was on Todd's show yesterday um, on behalf of YAF uh, talking about how uh, George Washington University's COVID policy for students in dorms makes absolutely no sense. Clip four. So with the current surge in cases with COVID, they are tightening down their guest policy at George Washington University. So students are not able to visit other students in their different dorm buildings. Now, this is already on top of George Washington University mandating the vaccine, mandating the booster, and having mandatory testing pretty much weekly and monthly for these students. It's really insane that the students are having to put up with this. If a student wants to go and hang out with their friend, they aren't able to do that in the other student's residence hall. They have to go to a communal place on campus if they wanted to grab coffee or study together, which really just doesn't make sense. I mean, if the students are going to hang out, they're going to hang out regardless of where it happens. Um, So they're probably going to end up in maybe a more populated space on campus rather than being in the safety of a dorm room. That's that's kind of a bizarre policy. It really is. I don't understand that unless – Unless what the school is thinking is that you going to someone else's dorm might expose people who don't want to go out to public places and you're invading. But I I don't know. But that's it sounds like a strange. I have one that may be more otter. Than that, I'll say. More otter. More otter. Uh, you can write me. That's a word. We're going to make it a thing. But okay. anyway. If you uh, say so. <laughs> okay. Well, something that is equally as odd, if not more odd uh, than that, is uh, this policy by Vanderbilt University here in the Deep South. Vanderbilt University is not letting students go to basketball games because they want to combat the spread of COVID-19. But here's where it gets interesting. Vanderbilt is selling tickets to Vanderbilt basketball games in the Vanderbilt student section. So I, I don't you're, understand you're, that. You're keeping kids from coming to the games and combating the spread. You know, you want to curb the spread yeah. by not allowing students to watch games on their campus. But you were letting people come to the same arena and sit where the students are sitting. Oh, fa- the public. Yes, to oh. watch the games. But you're combating the spread. That is, <laughs> that, that is bizarre. I, I just, listen, this is what I, just, what I was just saying. I don't. People don't understand the rationale behind that kind of thing, and that's why they push back. Right. Yes. That's why they're not, quote-unquote, following the science well, you know, because science can't be that illogical. You talk about how in some restaurants the waiter is wearing a mask. Maybe it's a yes. policy by the business or the waiter feels more safe doing so. Um, but you'll let the waiter touch your food and hand you the plate. It's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Well, no, I don't let the waiter touch my food. I'm just going to tell you that. I don't even let my wife touch the food. It's my food. I will defend it with the force. I should say your cup, uh, your your drink. I mean, oh, okay. oftentimes they do. It, I, I mean, even before COVID, like I never liked it when the waiter oh, or waitress would take the cup away from the table and then come back. I'm like, where have you been with my glass? We can, In the South, it's always a glass, even if it's a plastic tumbler. Yes, um, right. But it's like, where have you been with my beverage? You know? Yes. And that was just me. Well, that certainly doesn't get any odder than that. All right, Fred, uh, 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 let's uh, let's move away from the COVID thing okay. for a little while, just for a little while. Well, I just got to escape it. So you have something about Senator Ted Cruz you've been wanting to mention well, for a couple somewhat, of days, it, I think. It's somewhat COVID-related. Okay, okay, great. But it but it goes along with the mask that we were just talking yes. about. You know, the, uh, the fed-up factor. 
yes. is is exploding. We're about day. to hear this. We're about up. to hear this. <laughs> All right. So, you know, if, well, most people, I normally have to watch Jen Psaki's news conference each day. And the president was out there this morning. They don't, Part of your job. They don't wear masks. Right. You know, they, they wear it. They get up the podium. They take the mask off. Why? Because you can't hear. You can't understand what mm-hmm. they're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Senator Ted Cruz was doing a little press conference the other day, and one of the reporters don't don't give it away. Put the little hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you wearing the mask? Why aren't you wearing your mask? Well, Senator Ted Cruz did not use that tone of voice in his response. Cut number eleven. By the way, on the question of hypocrisy, you just asked. You people at the podium are speaking without masks. Just once, I'd like to see a reporter say to Joe Biden when he stands at the podium in the White House without a mask, Mr. President, why aren't you wearing a mask? Just once, I'd like to see you say to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, when she stands at the podium with no mask, Ms. Psaki, why don't you have a mask? The questions are only directed at one side, and i got to say the American people see the hypocrisy. Wow. Hey, now, Ray... Uh, you strike me as being more of a Bible teacher than a fire and brimstone Listen, preacher. Listen, I you ever I've hit the podium my, that hard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's like a preacher, bringing that bringing that second point home. People, you are not listening to me. Bam! I'm telling you something important. Bam! Oh, if you don't come up front right now, devil's got you. Ain't kidding. That's right. Hey, listen. I remember. I remember a uh, a sermon when I was at Bible college. We used to have like Tuesday nights. We would have a, a sermon, and they were doing a uh, a fundraiser. This is completely off topic here, but to to go to what Ray is saying, um, uh, they were doing a fundraiser for a building project, and the president of the uh, school. It wasn't just college kids. It was uh, this Tuesday night sermon Mm -hmm. uh, uh, service would bring in people from the community, and this was the Dallas area. She would not let us go home. She kept, she kept, uh, she kept talking about, and they would take up an offering, and they would say it wasn't enough, and she would say, "Listen, folks, we're not, we're not leaving." And so she would preach a little bit more and talk a little bit more. Serious. So I have been in services where you wanted someone to pound the pulpit and just just to dismiss the crowd but anyway that's obviously a real frustration for for senator ted cruz and it is clearly hypocrisy on the part of the news media but we have come to expect that from at least the part that is clearly an arm of the democratic party Uh, a couple of days ago we talked about how uh, dr fauci appeared before members of the senate uh alongside dr rochelle walensky of the cdc Here's where it's interesting. Fauci shows up. He's wearing one mask. Walensky is double masked. Yeah. But there was never. Uh, at Did one point, yeah. I mean, she she answered questions and stuff like that. She pulled the masks down? Um, at some point, I think she did remove at least one of them, but there was no clarification as to why. Okay, you people work together. You're part of the right. same COVID response team. Why are you wearing one and you wearing two? It was never asked. Actually, Fauci at that hearing the other day took the mask off completely. Yeah, he did. Yes, during the uh, exchange where he blamed uh, Rand Paul for the attacks on his life. Yes, yeah. So, uh, to your point, Ed, people are seeing the hypocrisy, seeing the forked tongue when it comes to policy here. You know, rules for thee, but not for me. 
Right. All of this, and they're fed up with it. AOC him. was not wearing a mask when she went to the club. In Florida. Full stop. And she was hugging people. Yes. Yes. Total strangers. Yes. And then, and then, and and by the way, the federal government today, according to Joe Biden, is deploying medical teams to six states, including New York, where she just left, went down to Florida, came back and tested positive. Yeah. Well, that that is going to be the part of the history of COVID and the pandemic, or whatever they'll call it, you know, in years to come. That is going to be part of the history of what we've been going through has been the uh, the uh, dichotomy between what so-called scientists were saying and everyone wound up doing, including the scientists yes. and including the politicians. That's got to be part of the discussion. Yeah. And uh, we've I've mentioned on this show many times, the mask, I still have a mask in the compartment between the seats of my car. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I have no idea what's breeding in that right now, but it's <laughs> there it on in case we go on. somewhere and they say you can't come in without a mask. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll go back and get what Tim calls my show mask, <laughs> and I don't know. It may may have may be causing brain damage for all I know. The whatever's in you that. may have the cure for COVID growing <laughs> yes. on the mask at That's this right. point. That's true. That's right. Well, now they're also saying that certain masks, kind of the you know the blue ones that a lot of people wear. Do absolutely no good. Right. They've said the N95 mask is the only one really that you got to get the real fancy one. Yeah. You know, to be wearing that. So I would say most of America is out there wearing a mask that the doctors and the and the medical people are now saying really doesn't do you much good. Not helping. But if you do wear it, no one says anything. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything, Chris? To- uh, well, no, I guess not. We're done. Unless I will go- mention this real quick. Arby's is coming out with a chicken sandwich. Arby's says is so spicy it comes with a quote-unquote free milkshake. It's called the Diablo Dare. It goes on sale soon at participating locations. A free milkshake? Well, it's there's so no hot, such thing. Right? As yeah, free no, listen, that's, that's intriguing. Although I have said on this show, I get no compensation for saying it. Best chicken sandwich I've ever had is the spicy chicken sandwich at Popeye's. I'm just going to tell you. So you love just, that chicken from Popeyes. Saying. I love that chicken from Popeyes. I I rarely go, but we uh, uh, coming back from Christmas stopped. And I just thought this is the best chicken sandwich. But now, if that comes with a free free milkshake, who knows? If we're doing corporate, uh, I like you know Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. I thought you were going to say Tim Hortons. <laughs> All right, folks. Five minute break for news. We'll be right back. Please join us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.